0: Chapter Thirteen of From the Earth to the Moon. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. This recording is by Mark Smith of Simpsonville, South Carolina. From the Earth to the Moon by Jules Verne. Chapter Thirteen Stones Hill. When the decision was arrived at by the Gun Club, to the disparagement of Texas, every one in America, where reading is an universal acquirement, set to work to study the geography of Florida. Never before had there been such a sale for works like Bertram's Travels in Florida, Roman's Natural History of East and West Florida, William's Territory of Florida, and Cleland on the Cultivation of the Sugar Cane in Florida. It became necessary to issue fresh editions of these works barbicane had something better to do than to read he desired to see things with his own eyes and to mark the exact position of the proposed gun so without a moment's loss of time he placed at the disposal of the cambridge observatory the funds necessary for the construction of a telescope and entered into negotiations with the house of Breadwell and company of albany For the construction of an aluminium projectile of the required size he then quitted baltimore accompanied by j t maston major elphinstone and the manager of the cold spring factory on the following day the four fellow travelers arrived at new orleans there they immediately embarked on board the tampico a dispatch boat belonging to the federal navy which the government had placed at their disposal and getting up steam the banks of the louisiana speedily disappeared from sight the passage was not long two days after starting the tampico having made four hundred and eighty miles came in sight of the coast of florida on a nearer approach barbicane found himself in view of a low flat country of somewhat barren aspect after coasting along a series of creeks abounding in lobsters and oysters the tampico entered the bay of Espirito santo where she finally anchored in a small natural harbour formed by the embouchure of the river hillisboro at seven p m on the twenty-second october our four passengers disembarked at once gentlemen said barbicane we have no time to lose to-morrow we must obtain horses and proceed to reconnoiter the country Barbicane had scarcely set his foot on shore when three thousand of the inhabitants of Tampa Town came forth to meet him, an honor due to the President who had signalized their country by his choice. Declining, however, every kind of ovation, Barbicane ensconced himself in a room at the Franklin Hotel. On the morrow, some of those small horses of the Spanish breed, full of vigor and of fire, stood snorting under his windows but instead of four steeds there were fifty, together with their riders. Barbicane descended with his three fellow-travellers, and much astonished were they all to find themselves in the midst of such a cavalcade. He remarked that every horseman carried a carbine slung across his shoulders and pistols in his holsters. On expressing his surprise at these preparations, he was speedily enlightened by a young Floridian, who quietly said— sir there are seminoles there what do you mean by seminoles savages who scour the prairies we thought it best therefore to escort you on your road pooh cried j t maston mounting his steed all right said the floridian but it is true enough nevertheless gentlemen answered barbicane i thank you for your kind attention but it is time to be off it was 5 a.m. when Barbicane and his party, quitting Tampa Town, made their way along the coast in the direction of Alafia Creek. This little river falls into Hillsborough Bay twelve miles above Tampa Town. Barbicane and his escort coasted along its right bank to the eastward. Soon the waves of the bay disappeared behind a bend of rising ground, and the Floridian Champagne alone offered itself to view florida discovered on palm sunday in fifteen twelve by juan Ponce de leon was originally named pachia florida it little deserved that designation with its dry and parched coasts but after some few miles of tract the nature of the soil gradually changes and the country shows itself worthy of the name cultivated plains soon appear where are united all the productions of the northern and tropical floras Terminating in prairies abounding with pineapples and yams, tobacco, rice, cotton plants, and sugar canes, which extend beyond reach of sight, flinging their riches broadcast with careless prodigality. Barbicane appeared highly pleased on observing the progressive elevation of the land, and in answer to a question of J.T. Maston, replied, My worthy friend, we cannot do better than sink our Columbiad in these high grounds. "'To get nearer to the moon, perhaps?' said the secretary of the gun-club. "'Not exactly,' replied Barbicane, smiling. "'Do you not see that amongst these elevated plateaus we shall have a much easier work of it? No struggles with the water-springs, which will save us long and expensive tubings, and we shall be working in daylight instead of down a deep and narrow well.' Our business, then, is to open our trenches upon ground some hundreds of yards above the level of the sea. You are right, sir, struck in Murchison, the engineer. And, if I mistake not, we shall ere long find a suitable spot for our purpose. I wish we were at the first stroke of the pickaxe, said the president. And I wish we were at the last, cried J.T. Maston. About 10 a.m. the little band had crossed a dozen miles. To fertile plains succeeded a region of forests. There, perfumes of the most varied kinds mingled together in tropical perfusion. These almost impenetrable forests were composed of pomegranates, orange trees, citrons, figs, olives, apricots, bananas, huge vines whose blossoms and fruits rivaled each other in color and perfume. Beneath the odorous shade of these magnificent trees fluttered and warbled a little world of brilliantly plumaged birds. J. T. Maston and the Major could not repress their admiration on finding themselves in presence of the glorious beauties of this wealth of nature. President Barbicane, however, less sensitive to these wonders, was in haste to press forward. The very luxuriance of the country was displeasing to him. They hastened onwards, therefore, and were compelled to ford several rivers, not without danger, for they were infested with huge alligators from fifteen to eighteen feet long. Maston courageously menaced them with his steel hook, but he only succeeded in frightening some pelicans and teal, while tall flamingos stared stupidly at the party. At length these denizens of the swamps disappeared in their turn smaller trees became thinly scattered amongst less dense thickets a few isolated groups detached in the midst of endless plains over which ranged herds of startled deer at last cried barbicane rising in his stirrups here we are at the region of pines yes and of savages too replied the major in fact some seminoles had just come in sight upon their horizon They rode violently backwards and forwards on their fleet horses, brandishing their spears or discharging their guns with a dull report. These hostile demonstrations, however, had no effect upon Barbicane and his companions. They were then occupying the centre of a rocky plain, which the sun scorched with its parching rays. This was formed by a considerable elevation of the soil, which seemed to offer to the members of the gun club all the conditions requisite for the construction of their columbiad. HALT! said Barbicane, reining up. HAS THIS PLACE ANY LOCAL APPELLATION? IT'S CALLED STONE'S HILL, replied one of the Floridians. Barbicane, without saying a word, dismounted, seized his instruments and began to note his position with extreme exactness. The little band, drawn up in rear, watched his proceedings in profound silence at this moment the sun passed the meridian barbicane after a few moments rapidly wrote down the result of his observations and said this spot is situated eighteen hundred feet above the level of the sea in twenty seven degrees seven minutes north latitude and five degrees seven minutes west longitude of the meridian of washington it appears to me by its rocky and barren character to offer all the conditions requisite for our experiment On that plain will be raised our magazines, workshops, furnaces, and workmen's huts. And here, from this very spot, said he, stamping his foot on the summit of Stone's Hill, hence shall our projectile take its flight into the regions of the solar world. End of chapter